Welcome to another episode from Living to Love Yourself podcast. It's my pleasure today to discuss on the topic of public speaking. Why do we need public speaking? Why is it so important to speak confidently? And why are we, what are the bad health benefits towards public speaking? These are some of the things that you will be able to shed light on with Brendan. He is the founder of Master Talk, a YouTube channel he started to help the world master the art of public speaking and communication. He coaches purpose-driven entrepreneurs on how to master their message and share their ideas with the world. Fun fact, he can karaoke in eight languages, which is his favorite pastime, and is also he enjoys dancing alone in the basement. However, we all know after this, we will definitely like to get a clip of it. Now, without any further ado, we'd love to present our one and only master in Master Talk, Brendan. Hi, Brendan. How are you? Very good. How about you? Thanks for having me on. It was an interesting introduction. <laughs> oh, please. I mean, when you're talking about dancing, how can I not, right? Uh, Maybe, I yeah. enjoy dancing. Brendan, tell me what master talk, huh? Where, where does all this come from? You seem to have so many talent in you and the idea of focusing on public speaking is one, inspiring. And two, where did this idea even came from? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. So think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So other guys my age would, you know, play college football or something. I'm not really sure. Basketball. I would still eat the same junk food as them, the same chicken wings, the same <laughs> junk. But instead of watching sports or sports games i would watch other people present and give presentations and that was my life for three years i went to 60 of these competitions presented over 500 times coached dozens of people on public speaking so after i graduated from business school and got a job in the corporate world i asked myself what i can do to make a bigger impact in the world and that's when the idea for the youtube channel master talk came to be because i realized that a lot of the content on communication was terrible on the platform so i wanted to do something about it have you spoken on different platforms? Is, is that how you built the interest? Because, of course, you're seeing yourself gravitating towards in college and being around people who are presenting. What was your next step towards making it obvious to yourself that this is where you want to be? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. I think the idea with me is I never had any intention of being a YouTuber. It's not really for me. Like, I didn't want to make videos or be in my mother's basement and like create this stuff for people. It was more of a transition, a progression. So I started coaching people in university and the people in that, in that program are really intense. Like these are people who get like jobs at very big companies and they pick which company they want to work for, like really impressive people. And then over time, as I was coaching them every year, as new people would enter this weird presentation program, they always kept asking me the same question that I never had a good answer to, which was, how did you learn how to speak, Brendan? And I kind of just said, well, I don't know. I just presented a lot. I kind of self-taught. I had some people who gave me feedback, but I didn't have a coach or I didn't do Toastmasters, any of that stuff. But after the 25th person asked me the question, I was like, why do you guys care so much about resources? Like, who cares? Just practice. And they just said, no, like we, it's not. So this is the lesson, right? For people is whatever's obvious to you is not obvious to somebody else. Absolutely. So in the same way, somebody teaches us physics, we're sitting there like, I don't know what physics is for them. It's like, wait, why don't you get this? It's like so simple. 
So before I started working, I had like four months of vacation before, like from the moment I got my job offer to the time I started working corporate. So I just said, well, I got my dream job, so I might as well see what's happening on YouTube with this communication thing. Once again, no intention to start a YouTube channel. But then I started watching the videos. And it was this dude in particular that I, will, that I will not name, obviously. He had a video called How to Manage Vocal Tones. This is what it sounded like. Hi, everyone. Today, uh, we're going to learn oh. how to manage. And I just went, Jesus, how does this person have over 50,000 subscribers? This makes no sense. Wow. But, when, but over and over again, I just started watching all of, all of the competitors on the, on the space, all of them. And I realized how terrible they were. And they were so bad that I said, as a 22-year-old with no CEO coaching experience, I could make better videos in my mother's basement. <laughs> so I started making videos and obviously they sucked because I got started and I thought it was a stupid idea, but over time, especially when I started working in the corporate world and, you know, I started to get more income, I started to take mass truck more seriously. And, and, and then obviously here we are today and I obviously wow. I coach CEOs now and stuff, but uh, yeah, definitely didn't start that way. And I'm sure you're taking this public speaking skills into your workforce every day oh yeah absolutely that's why a lot of these people enter the program they do it because public speaking is an essential skill for them so when they get onto the workforce they're 10 times better than any other new hire because like i know all the powerpoint shortcuts so as i'm going through slides some people i know in the program can make powerpoint slides without a mouse Amazing. Like without without a laptop mouse or like anything they just do like keyboard shortcuts and you're just there like what's happening yeah so they're they're nuts so that's so yeah, yeah. That's so it transitioned well into youtube so now that we have a bit of an understanding where you came from and how this all transformed public speaking as you said is an area that is quite beneficial for many whether you're an entrepreneur whether you are trying to communicate effectively to in your workforce or just from day to day within your own personal life. So what were a few of the biggest challenges you noticed in public speaking? Can you Absolutely. share some of that? Of course, happy to do that. So there's two big issues that I saw. One is most people were scared of public speaking, but didn't understand why. And two, they didn't know how to practice. So let's go through those really quickly. Sure. So number one, where does the fear come from? Whether you talk to someone in Japan, New Zealand, Germany, United States, anywhere, we're all scared of public speaking, but we don't know why. Absolutely. And the question is, where do we give most of our presentations? And the answer to that question is school. We don't wake up one morning and say, hey, you want to get breakfast and present all day? It's not a thing. We don't do that. We're in high school, college, university, wherever you are. And three things happen. One, we never get to pick the topic. And it's not something we're passionate about. If you're in history, you're picking between the prehistoric times or the Renaissance. There's not you can't you can't make a presentation on apples. It doesn't work that way. Exactly. Two, students don't care. Not because they don't care about us. We're great people. They love us. The issue is they are also presenting. So they're worried about their own presentation in 10 minutes. So mm. they're not worried about listening to you. Mm. So when you're standing up there, you're like, why isn't anyone listening to me? Is it because I'm a bad speaker? Number three. Teachers, very well-educated, very well-intentioned, but also very stressed. Mm. You have 40 presentations to go through in two classes because that's what the system forces you to do. You don't have 10 minutes to say, hey, Brendan, let's talk about your communication skills. So let's repeat that. You never get to pick the topic. And if you do, it's not something you're passionate about. Students don't care to listen to you. 
and teachers are too stressed to coach you. But this behavior gets perpetuated in everything that we do. History, math, sciences, arts, gym, music, over and over again, we're taught to believe that public speaking is a chore. It's a responsibility. If we're at school, it's tied to a grade. If we're at work, it's tied to a result. And if we fail at any part of that journey, we get punished for it. If it's at school, we lose grades. If it's at work, we don't get the promotion we wanted. And that is the fundamental issue. It's not drinking a glass of water every day or breathing. Mm. it's understanding that the fear of public speaking is not our fault, but rather the institution in which we learned it. Absolutely. Uh, I completely agree. It's all starts when you're young and how it's been formed in your mind that it's not as important or you have a fear factor because no one has helped you to overcome the techniques of public speaking. So based upon these struggles, what are some advice you can give us? What, what are your thought process in how to overcome these challenges that you've addressed? Absolutely. So the easiest way to fix this is to do what I call the repeatable presentation. Going back to practice, the issue that people have is that they don't know how to do it effectively. So I'll give an example. Let's say you want to learn how to play piano, to use a simple example. You have two options. Option A is try and do like 50 different songs and figure it out. And if you're Mozart, that's going to work. And if you're not Mozart, it's probably not going to work. And option B is do the same song 50 times. So that way, when you're at a gala, you're at an event, and you're playing the piano, everyone's going to say, wow, you're so great at piano, even if you only know one song. <laughs> so that gives you the confidence to say, wow, I'm pretty good at this thing. I should probably do another song or another song, et cetera, et cetera. But... The same thing that we do for any other skill, for swimming, it's the same strokes. If it's baseball, it's, you know, the ball. If, if it's dance, it's the same moves over again. We don't do that in public speaking. It's mm -hmm. Wednesday. Our boss, our client, our teacher says, hey, I need a presentation for Friday. And you go, okay, looks like I'm not seeing my family for two days. You get your slides together, spend like good 10, 15 hours on it. You present it and then you take it. You crumble it, put it in the garbage, and move on to the next presentation. Whereas the best speakers in the world only present one or two things and do it hundreds of times. And the example I can give to mention this is Gary Vaynerchuk. For those who don't know, he's like this big uh, social media guy. 12 years he's been speaking. 13 years now, probably. Same thing. He stands up in front of an audience, gets paid $125,000, and this is the speech. Hey, guys, so I'm from the Soviet Union. Uh, came here to the States. You guys got any questions for me? <laughs> and he's amazing. Yeah. That's the point. Because you have learned to master that one or two topic. And that's it. That's your advice is to make sure that we keep practicing our, our area of interest and focus on that till you master it. Correct? Right. And just to add more layer to that, you want to pick an area of interest that solves a problem for somebody else that you <laughs> want to present a lot. So one of the issues I get with this technique is Julia comes up to me. Let's just use her as an example and says, well, Brendan, I work at a bank nine to five. What's repeatable about that? All my projects change. All my projects are boring. There's nothing exciting about public speaking there. I say, OK, you're right, Julia. But what do you do outside of work? And then she says something like, well, you know, I'm a gold medalist in Spartan races. I bake and I take care of my kids and I love doing this. And I just go, well, Julia, you just gave me three repeatable presentations. And then she's confused. I'm like, what do you mean? 
One, you could talk about your transformation from being a regular run-in to a Spartan race runner and the tips that you have for people. Two, you could talk about your favorite baking recipes, cupcakes, cakes, whatever you like, and share that with people. And three, parenting tips. A lot of us don't know how to parent. Give us a lesson. Tell us what you learned. Absolutely. And all it takes, using the Spartan race one as an example, is for one person to go up to Julia and say, hey, Julia, that was a really good talk. You really inspired me. I went for a run today, actually. And then Julia gets addicted to public speaking. She goes, well, if you get Brendan to go on a run, this guy's fat. I'm not fat. I would say. If I get 10 people, what do I know. What do, I'm just kidding. What if I get five people to go for a 10 people and then Julia's on her way? Yes, absolutely. So what, I mean, if you take that example and let's go to the first one that you mentioned about the struggles, is there anything we can do? Maybe we just can't and uh, we have to focus on it when we get to college, which is absolutely fine in your, in your feedback, is what do we do with the children that are struggling and have the fear factor because teachers are too busy to provide them the guidance and two, whether anyone is caring to listen or not, what is your advice to those children, how they can overcome those fears? Absolutely. So, so I coach kids as well, mostly the executives I coach their kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to share my playbook so you can use that with, your, with the people in your communities. It's simple, right? Okay. So going back to the three problems, teachers too stressed, never get to pick the topic, and students who don't care. How do we fix all of these issues? So one, what I do, and I coach seven-year-olds that are better than executives, like their parents. I always tell them all the time because mm-hmm. they're more open to those ideas. So don't discriminate someone based on their age for those who are listening. This technique works for any age, Perfect. right? So, so the point is simple. You meet them one-on-one for 15 minutes or 10 minutes, and you ask them what they're passionate about. So for the seven-year-old, she actually really loves school. So her presentation is about her first day at school, whereas somebody else who's 14 looks at me and says, well, I want to start a company. And that's their presentation. I'm the investor. Pitch me your idea. Mm. The second thing that I do is I treat them as if they're the same age as me. Even if the seven-year-old is a lot younger than me, I simplify my language, but I treat her like a 24-year-old. This difference in mentality changes the way that they perceive presentations and the instructor. Because if they see Brendan as an equal and not as someone superior to them, they just go, oh, well, you know, I'm just presenting. Last Mm. thing is to create an environment of super people. So what does that mean? Everyone in the class, that's usually eight to 10 people in my classes, are people who want to master public speaking. No one's laughing at each other here. We're all trying to learn. We're all trying to grow. If you combine all of these aspects together and you keep working on the same presentation over again, because class one is do your introduction. Class two is do your introduction again. Class three is do your conclusion. Class four is do your conclusion again. What happens is since the kids don't have to keep changing the content anymore and they're focused on the singular pitch throughout the whole 12 weeks, by week three, you're you're looking at them, you're like, holy geez. Like I was on a class with them just last Sunday. One of the girls in the class, I was just like, that conclusion was better than the one I demonstrated. Like as an example. So I just went, uh, this is amazing. Like literally, she's 13. Her her topic is calligraphy. And her her story literally start ends with this. My grandfather was sick and he was dying. And I was just like, what? I was just sitting there like, what? So I wrote him a card 
and it meant so much to him. The power of calligraphy, the power. Of, this was her. And wow. I'm just sitting there like, holy jeez. If you give them a chance, you treat them the same age as you, and you make them present something they love, they will blow your minds. It's just we don't oh, we don't create that environment for people. Wow. Brendan, you are one inspiring person towards these kids. And hats off to you that you are giving them this platform, this opportunity to help them to overcome these struggles. Having you being involved in this, how do you want us to start practicing public speaking? What are a few steps you might want to consider? Yeah, absolutely. So, so there's one that's more overall and one you can do that's super easy on a daily basis. So the overall tip that you can do literally tomorrow is you want to start your, your repeatable presentation. What is mm -hmm. the topic? What are you going to pick? And present it over and over again until it hurts. My keynote, I have done 350 times now. Not three times, not 30 times, 350 times. And that's what it takes to be amazing. I'm not saying you need to do it that much because I'm a professional speaker. But I'm saying mm -hmm. if you do it 10 times... Yeah, That's right. 10 times more than you would have otherwise. Of course, practice is very good for you to make sure that you have solidified any challenges within your public speaking arena. So I, I completely agree. The more you practice, the better you become. Right. But let me explain more depth there. So what I mean here is if you're presenting 10 different presentations, you're not learning. Because what you're doing is you're always asking yourself the same question for each of those presentations, which is, what content should I put in this thing? I got two days to present this. But if you present the same thing 10 times, you're not asking yourself that question anymore because you know the content. Now you ask yourself very different questions like, what emotions am I conveying here? Do people understand me when I speak? Am I using the right analogies? So when I started, I was doing what other speech coaches were doing, talking about how public speaking was like death and I was fearful, talking about my accolades, I would show off a lot because I had a lot of insecurities. You know, I was early 20s, presenting to C-level executives. I was just like, what is going on here? All that stuff. But over time, what I realized was that wasn't the way for me to communicate my message in the best way. And that is a great example what I demonstrate with the death thing. Because if your goal is to inspire people, to get them to take action, to get them to get on a stage, the last thing you want to do is talk about death. Absolutely. That's not going to help anybody. Right. And you don't get that. You don't learn that. You won't come to that insight the first time you present the deck. You'll come to that insight the 50th time you present it. So that's the first part. And the second thing that you can do every day for five minutes is what I call the random word exercise. So why don't you just give me a random word and I'll demonstrate it? Um, home. Well, that's easy. I like that one. So what I have to do with home is I have to create a presentation out of thin air. So here I go. I love to travel, whether it's Europe, Asia, Africa, or even South America. I love to explore the world, and I love to explore different cultures. But if there's one place, one area of my life that I always go back to, no, it's not the Depinar across my store. No, it's not McDonald's next to my street. It's home. Because at home, it's the one place in our lives mm. where everything seems to stop, where we enjoy every little moment, from the cup of coffee that we share with our loved ones in the morning, to the video games that we play during the day, to the walks in the park after a nice dinner. Home 
There's just no place like it. And that's why today I'm going to talk about the importance of having a home and how you can make every day feel like you're at home. Oh, so that's just random, right? I just compare because you gave me an easy word. Like a lot of people on the show give me like <laughs> curveballs like hippo. And I just go, what 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 do I do with hippo? Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> it's like, well, you know, I'm it's glad just, I gave you an easy one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad you gave it an easy one. But anyways, the point that I'm driving is one, yeah. don't compare yourself to me. I literally do this exercise every podcast I'm on. So I do this like 20 times a week. Mm. Right? So don't, even if I don't want to practice, I'm forced to, right? <laughs> right. So, and I've done this a lot. So the, the advice for you is do five words, mm. one minute each every day. And even if you're in a public setting all day and you don't want to present, you know, like you're outside, right. think about it. If you're walking on a street, don't just look at a building and go, oh, it's a nice building. Go, you know, if I was doing the random word exercise right now, because that crazy Indian guy told me to, what what would I say? Oh, you know, and then you'll start by saying, oh, you know, well, a building is a place where people go to work and things. And then over time, it will transform and say, you know, aren't the walls of the building, what do they mean? Oh, they might mean protecting other people, staying safe, creating a community of people. And then you get more creative over time. That's amazing. Thank you for that. I think we have a lot of valuable insight of how to start practicing. So thank you. I think the five words I will definitely practice today. And I will work on that with my kids and let you know how it goes. I think it will be a great lesson learned for today. Please. Uh, so Brendan, you've mentioned about practicing. You've mentioned about how the advice you've given now a little bit on some as well as the struggles with public speaking right one definitely yeah, on is, um, one of the things that of course because we're on i'm focused on health awareness what do you find through your experience has helped many to overcome of course fear is one but what are the other benefits that you have noticed through your experiences? Absolutely. I, I would say the third thing after knowing how to practice and understanding where the fear comes from is this idea of finding a reason why to speak and having an idea worth sharing. So for me, when I started coaching, the reason why a lot of those university students ended up winning gold, silver, and bronze medals at these competitions is because they really wanted to. They really wanted to win. Like it was in their blood. Like they wanted to, and the most introverted people. I was like, you know what? I don't like this policy thing, Brendan, but I'll figure it out. Cause in four months we got to win. Right. And so even on Christmas, I, on Christmas, I was there at universities and coaching people's nuts. Right. But we cared a lot and that's what we transitioned and did well at the competition. So for people who aren't in that environment, which right. doesn't really matter is mm -hmm. more about, is there something in your life? that you can help other people with and the more clear you are with that problem that you can solve for somebody else the more incentivized mm -hmm. intrinsically you become to practice communication and public speaking use me as an example why would you ever listen to a public speaking coach and youtuber if he didn't know how to speak like if i don't know how to speak you shouldn't be listening to me yeah exactly. right right yeah. right same thing same thing with you so, or anyone here is, you know, if you're passionate about health, what is that thing? And I'll, I'll, I'll give you a question to help you think about this because mm -hmm. I know a lot of people struggle with finding their topic. This mm -hmm. is the question. Please do. Let's assume it's your last presentation ever. 
So after you close your mouth, when the presentation is over, you're done forever. Like you never get to present again. And in that presentation, you can take as much time as you want, but your audience will not remember your name. They won't remember your title. And frankly, they won't even remember anything that you say. But they will remember one sentence. What do you want the sentence to be? That is the fundamental hardest question to answer in public speaking when you build a keynote. But if you find an answer, the rest is easy. So if you take me as an example, it's always like comparing with me. So it's easy for people to digest. Mm-hmm. I can, I spend a lot of time on podcasts talking about all of my 150,000 tips, right? Some people ask me about mirroring. Some people ask me about silences, pauses, struggling, all that stuff. Right. But if I were to summarize all of it, all mm-hmm. my life, all my life's work in one sentence is that anyone can master public speaking. I fundamentally believe that. I grew up in a French education system. I had to present presentations in a language I didn't know. Right. So if I could master public speaking, I know anyway. everyone, anyone can. And if I can convince you of that one sentence, I win. Right. We win like the presentation's over because you will follow up. You will hire someone. You'll go to Toastmasters. You'll watch my videos or you'll listen to podcasts like this and you'll make the action to practice public speaking. But if I don't convince you of that one sentence, I lose which means we lose, right? So if you focus on that one sentence, then you'll be able to build the perfect keynote and incentivize yourself to practice despite the fear. Well, thank you for that advice. I think today, these are very powerful tools in all aspects, and thank you. I think the overall, what resonates with us and with our audience today is Whatever you're struggling, whatever you are going through, if you just take the first step of going through each topic, anything, even if you have a fear, let's say, of water or fear of bungee jumping, just talk through it. Pick a topic that you have fear factor of and turn it into a topic, turn it into a speaking and that will help you to remove any fear factor. Because when you pick a topic to talk about, you are solidifying and you're consciously helping you to overcome the challenges and struggles. Now, when we are all going through presentations, what are some of the steps that we need to take to present or improve in our presentation skills? What are some of the tips you can give us? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say to kind of make things simple for people, the biggest difference between the online world and the in-person one is online presentations are harder than in person. I'll explain why. Mm. Let's say you tell a joke in person. Two things are going to happen. People are either going to laugh and say, Brendan's a funny guy. Or, which is more likely to happen, they'll say, this dude is not funny. This guy's (laughs) not funny. You shouldn't be telling jokes. But either way, I know. So I can see the reaction, right? And then from that reaction, I can adjust my presentations by saying more jokes or less jokes. But the challenge of the online world is I need to say the same joke with the same energy, the same enthusiasm, the same power, and assume it's funny. Even in this very conversation we're having, even if it's just one person to one person, I actually don't know how you're reacting because I'm not looking at you directly. I'm looking at the camera lens, right? Right. So imagine if there's 25 people on the same call. You obviously can't see how people are reacting. 
-hmm. but there's an advantage that awaits you if you can do really well online and still show up with the same energy when you go back in person you'll be 10 times better than you were before Yes. And one exercise you can do while you're online is what I call the in per- the the perfect in-person audience. You want to start creating a frame of mind where the person that you're speaking to is there for a reason and they're probably not bad people. So I'll give you an example with me. When I started getting on podcast, I was really nervous because you're essentially talking to a stranger. You don't know who the other person is. So you're going to go like, why are you asking all these questions? Right. <laughs> but after like 75 of these, you kind of say, well, I mean, if she has a podcast, she's probably a good person. I mean, she's trying to help other people. You don't get paid to do a podcast. <laughs> so when you start, so when I enter conversations, I speak to you as if I already know you, mm-hmm. right? Oh, you know, she's a really nice person. She's making all these podcasts for people. She's a, so, and that's the mindset that I take when I enter a podcast. And that's what you want to do through presentations as well. That's beautiful. One of the biggest takeaway from you today, of course, we work with entrepreneurs and adults all the time. One of the things that has resonated with me is that you've also focused on our younger generation. And that's where everything starts from. Quick question before we wrap things up. Is there anyone this public speaking is not for? Yeah, so so my personal opinion is I think public speaking benefits anybody, but the frame of mind that you take on public speaking, the way you perceive it is different. So I'll give you an example. Do I think everyone should be on a stage in front of a million people? Probably not. Right. I haven't even been on a stage with more than 500, right? So it's not it's not like, you know, the mandatory requirement. But 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 Public speaking applies to everyone in some way. If you have a partner, if you have a family member, if there's somebody that you like, that you live with, you you need a master of public speaking. Not in the context of speaking to a million people, but ensuring that there's no miscommunication between the both of you. Same thing with the relationship that you have with kids. Same thing with the coffees that you have with people you haven't met or new people that you're going to meet. Public speaking is embedded into our daily lives. It's just the way that we use it is going to be different for different people. So if you have a big idea like Brendan over here or your podcast and you want to share it with like a bunch of people, yeah, mastering public speaking in the context of stages definitely helps because it helps you promote. But if you're someone who doesn't want to do that, you're like, well, I have a book and uh, you know, I just want to share this with a couple of people or I have a recipe that I want to share with my family members. Public speaking is still relevant to you. It's still important. You still need to master it. Just the context is different, that's all. But I would say there's no exclusion. Everyone should master it. Beautiful. I am so happy to hear this. So is there any takeaways from you uh, that you want the audience to know uh, that we haven't discussed at this point? Uh, You've touched on a lot of wonderful topics, and I thank you for that. Any good takeaways that we can discuss? Yeah, for sure. So so I'll, I'll end with the book recommendation and uh, life advice. So book recommendation, because a lot of people ask me about books on public speaking. Mm-hmm. I don't really recommend Dale's stuff. You know, should I probably read Carnegie's stuff. But I think for me, the big, the big book that made a big mark on my life is Thirst by Scott Harrison. I think that's an excellent read. And it's I think the way that he uses storytelling and branding doesn't just apply in the way that he speaks, because Scott speaks 100 times a year, but also in the way that he leverages the brand of Charity Water and how the success he's had with the organization. So I highly recommend people check it out. Bill Gates and a lot of people endorse the book. It's really good. Thirst by Scott Harrison. For life advice, I'll share my favorite quote, which is be insane or be the same. Yes. If you want to be like everyone else, 
right? That's totally fine. But if you made it this far, how long are we? If you made it this far, 35 minutes to this conversation, you probably want to do something with your life. That's my guess, right? So let me ask you a question. Don't you find it odd that as a 22-year-old, I started a YouTube channel in my mother's basement, but not on comedy, not on pranks, not on vlogs, but on communication and public speaking tips. Then I started coaching C-level executives when I was 23, make a very decent living for myself, but I still live in my mother's basement. I'm having this very conversation with you on a mattress, and I don't own a car, and I don't plan on moving out of my mother's house until I'm married. How do any of these decisions make any sense? Brandon, you're a grown man. What are you doing? Shouldn't you be more independent? That's the point. All of decisions that we make, or that I make in this case, should only be valuable and important and of significance to the only person that matters, which is yourself. That's where the karaoke comes into play. That's where the dancing comes into play. The more you lean into your own insanity, the easier it will be to make something interesting happen. (laughs) Absolutely. You are a delight, Brendan. Thank you for coming on today's show. You were a fresh of breath there for. I think everyone has had a wonderful time listening to you. We've had a few laughs. Thank you for the stories. This has been an amazing experience for all of us. Appreciate that. Thank you everyone for joining today. As you can see that we have had a wonderful person. If anyone wants to log on to his YouTube channel, subscribe. Thank you for joining in today. I appreciate everyone. Love you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you.